Do you appreciate what you are looking at when you look in the mirror? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast. And we are up to the Torah portion of Yisro. This portion is probably best known for the experience at Sinai, what is generally referred to as the Ten Commandments. And although technically there are more than Ten Commandments in the Ten Commandments, there are more than ten mitzvahs over here, really in classic Torah literature, it's Aseris Hadubros, the Ten Utterances. But we'll call them Ten Commandments for the sake of ease and common uh, language. Within those Ten Commandments, we are probably all familiar with the fact that we have them presented as a list of ten, but then in their physical form, when they are put onto the two tablets, the Shnei Luchos Habris, there are five and five. And in understanding the message as to why it's not simply a group of ten, but rather two groups of five, Rashi, on, in his commentary to Shir Hashirin, makes reference to the fact that there is a twinning. There is an association between the first tablet and the second tablet, an association between the first one of tablet A with the first one of tablet B and between the second one of tablet A and the second one of tablet B. So there's a correspondence between the two. I'd like to look at one or two lessons related to that correspondence and the messages that they can share in helping us both understanding the mitzvahs involved and better understanding ourselves. So let's start at the end of the list. We have the number five on so tablet A. The last one on tablet A is honor your father and mother. Number five on the second tablet is the prohibition against coveting, being envious of somebody else's property. And although we're not going to get involved today in the exact technicalities at what moment one violates this prohibition, but we should not be desirous of that which somebody else has that I do not. She has that great new outfit. He's got that nice new car. They have X, Y, or Z that I don't have, and that disturbs me. That is a problem. We're told not to allow that to disturb us. To disturb us. Well, not so simple. The fact is, when I notice what they have that I don't, something feels out of place, out of whack. I'm missing something. I'm a lesser person. I feel somewhat of a lesser person. I feel like I'm lacking. Well, what is that? Stop for a moment. If we never recognize that somebody else has this, would we be envious? The first person to get the smartwatch, well, before anybody else in the world had a smartwatch, I didn't need a smartwatch. So why am I envious of somebody else who gets that first? Before the Tesla, nobody needed a Tesla. Nobody was desirous. Well, now it exists. Someone else has them. I want them. What is that that we feel a void? If it's not innate, it's not absolute, we were surviving and thriving without it. It's more the issue that they have, and I want what they have. Well, perhaps one of the tools that can help us remedy this is looking at the parallel, this twinning of the two. This is number five in the second tablet. The number five in the other is to honor your father and mother. How many people are envious of somebody else's parent? Oh, yeah, there's that old, here little time with little kids. You know, like, you're the meanest mommy. You know, he has, so-and-so has a better daddy. Um, but reality is, most of us, even if we are generally rather shy of properly fulfilling the mitzvah of honoring our parents, that we could do such a better job 
and really doing this mitzvah well. But most of us at least appreciate our parents, love our parents, and aspire to properly honor our father and mother. We're not typically envious of somebody else's parents. We may be envious of someone else's home, even the home that the parent provided, but the parents, that's kind of who I am. I'm not envious of somebody else's arm. Uh, I'm not envious of somebody else's you know, sub-aspects of who they are. This is who I am. My parents is part of my reality. How many of us are envious of somebody who was born in a different hemisphere or a different era of history? I don't really contemplate that. We may fantasize how cool it would be to be in that life experience, to be born to that high society, whatever it is, but we're not generally envious of that because it's out of my box. Well, so too have the attitude that whatever she has, he got, they own that I currently don't own, then that's also outside of my box and simply not relevant to me. Lesson number one. I'd like to move to the other end of the Ten Commandments at the very beginning and something that is maybe more core to understanding who we are. And that is the juxtaposition or the parallelism between number one of the first tablet and number one of the second tablet or number six. So numero uno of the first set, unlike the way most of our um, Christian friends and colleagues may consider it, we don't consider the Ten Commandments to start with do not uh, worship idolatry and don't bow to idolatry, but rather we understand the Ten Commandments start with I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt. That is number one. Belief in God, that's foundational, that's numero uno, and it's actually a mitzvah. The parallel, first one of number six, is the prohibition against murder. Lo tirzach. Do not murder. Correlation between these two, I am the Lord your God, belief in God, do not murder. Well, on one level, it's the understanding that what demands that we recognize that that other human being is significant, he's sanctified, he is somebody special, not just a more sophisticated animal, where there can be prohibitions against killing animals. It can be baltashkis, needlessly wasting something. It can be hezek, um, it could be damaging somebody else's property, but it's not murder. And the distinction is the other human being, that's the category of murder. Somebody who's made in the image of God, somebody who has a neshama, has a spark of the divine. The value of the human being, the kliyakar, in explaining this um, the parallelism, describes that we should view the other human being as a walking embodiment of God, of the Creator Himself. Anochi Hashem, I'm the Lord your God, lo sertzach, do not kill, that correlation. Understand that that other person, he is an aspect of my presence in this world. He has the neshama, he has the spark of the divine, he's an embodiment of the Creator, do not kill. Now, by the way, if he or she is an embodiment of the Creator, then so am I. Isaac Sher adds fascinatingly, uh, quote and paraphrase, he describes that a statue of the king is constantly cleaned and shined. By doing so, the king is honored. We who are created in the Tzalem Elohim, in the image, the form of God, have an even greater obligation and to clean and shine this form. We should be recognizing 
This body is a representation of the divine. It's a statue of the king. We should be cleaning and shining it. What is that cleaning and shining? He describes, don't sell yourself short. Recognize who you are. Treat yourself as a representation. Portray yourself that way. Carry yourself with that dignity. We're not talking here about being haughty and egotistical, but rather having a self-respect, a self-esteem, an acknowledgement that I have a place in this world of significance and a role in this world and I have a value to my life and recognize that and treat myself that way and certainly others as well. This line again, we were created in that Salam Elohim in the image of God have a greater obligation to clean and shine this form. Lo Tzach, do not murder, do not dismiss the divine in the other human being. Don't disregard him and don't disregard ourselves. The two opposite ends of the uh, Ten Commandments, the lesson from the last set that we're describing is recognition I can be a-okay, I can be comfortable with the life that God has given me, with the finances that God has given me, with the circumstances that God has given me. And of course, we have the right and the responsibility to try to advance our lives, to try to better our lives. But that's within the box of our lives. It has nothing to do with the person outside of ourselves, nothing to do with measuring myself against them and, and no reason to feel limited, weakened, threatened, reduced because of the fact that somebody else is achieving and accomplishing or having greater financial success because that's simply their box, their life just as their parents are their parents, and mine are mine. And who they are as a image of Hashem and the Shema-infused personality is so much more significant than what they have. And who I am as a Shema-infused personality is so much more significant than what I may not have. I believe these type of focuses can both help us fulfill these mitzvahs and make us healthier, more content people. Putting these together, beginning of the Ten Commandments, the first two, end of the Ten Commandments, and the second two, an attitude of being content with who I am and valuing who I am, of not caring what you have, of valuing who you are. These can contribute to making us far more excellent people, contribute to making us far more capable of achieving all the other mitzvahs of the Torah as well, and make us the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve our tackles.